You're listening to the Real Estate Investing Podcast with Dante Belmonte, here to help you start or continue your journey in real estate. Each episode, we bring you a different expert real estate investor who will share the secrets to their success so you can learn and benefit from their experience. Let's jump right into it. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Dante Belmonte. Today, I'm here with Chris. Chris, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Dante, thank you so much for having me. I know I was super excited to be on here and add value to everyone. Um, so thank you again for having me. Uh, yes, I, yeah, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Been here a little over 13 years. Um, I started out in the real estate background in sales. Um, that's where a lot of people start out. Um, I started selling residential real estate here and very quickly gained a huge success track record, which I decided to merge my company with the number one team in the Carolinas. When that merge happened, I kind of fell, in their, fell into their operation role and was able to make them 46% profitable in one year compared to their three years of being stagnant with no growth. Um, and from there, I really felt like I hit a ceiling. I said, well, you know, I don't think I can grow anymore in brokeraging real estate. And when we played a game when we were younger, it's called Monopoly. Was there mm -hmm. a broker in Monopoly? There wasn't. No. So I then told myself, well, I need to get out of brokerage and I need to get into owning real estate. So yep. then that's when I started educating myself on the multifamily industry, decided to partner up uh, with a great mentor, Joe Fairless. From there, um, just started growing my business uh, very rapidly and started helping individuals invest into real estate, which I have a passion for and love. So there's a little summary about me. There you go. Awesome. You broke it down pretty well. So uh, it seems like you do the syndication side of things. So yes. for those listeners who aren't familiar with what syndication is, I know you, they hear real estate investing, they kind of understand what that is, but they don't know what syndication is. Uh, tell us what syndication is, what you do. Yeah. Uh, great question. I get that a lot. Um, and I'm actually writing a book about syndication. So stay tuned to that because that one's going to be great. Uh, syndication, really quick summary. What it is, is that you have one gentleman who's the GP, um, the operator, the sponsor of the whole deal. And what that guy does, there's normally a team, but just to break it down easily, what that guy does is they go and they get a ton of people, um, anywhere from one, five, five people all the way up to a hundred people to pool all their money together because as a team, we're all stronger. And then they use that money to go purchase real estate. The investors will give uh, or get a dividend or payout either on a monthly or quarterly basis. We do monthly. Um, they'll get a payout uh, based off of, or a return based off of their investment and what the, uh, the assets going to um, going to give back out. And that is a syndication. You have a okay, GP, awesome. a, a operator that's operating throughout the process and making sure that the investors are getting a return on their investment that they invested. Very good. Yeah. You broke that down pretty well. So now my question to you, now that we know what a syndication is, we know what you do. Why would someone want to invest in a syndication? Why wouldn't someone want to go take their money and buy their own real estate? Mm -hmm. Why would they want to pull it together with a syndicator like yourself? Great question. More passive approach. Great question. I love that question because um, there's a lot of individuals that one, they don't want to deal with the day-to-day -day operation. They just want a huge return higher than the stock market plus the tax benefits they want. Um, oh, so yeah. that's one reason why they would invest. Uh, second reason why um, they would invest is because when you do purchase these large deals, uh, Freddie and Fanny make sure that you have experience. So they're going to want to make sure you have experience that you know how to operate these deals um, so you can sign on the loan. So when it comes to that, you have to team up with someone. But a, like I said, a lot of individuals 
they're either happy with their W-2 or they're happy just analyzing deals and passively investing and not doing anything. They love sitting at the beach and making sure they get a monthly or quarterly um, return on their investment and all, everything goes very smoothly. So a lot of people um, who have a W-2 job or who just love passively investing so they can spend more time at their hobby if it's on the golf course or with family. Uh, so that's what I've found a lot when it comes to it. So they, a lot of times, again, we just cover that, that more passive income, they like a more tangible asset versus a paper asset, such as like a stock or a mutual fund, something like that. Yes, correct. Okay. And a big thing too, I always, uh, I always like to say is that the stock market, you can wake up and what the bell goes off at nine 30, is it? Mm -hmm. Um, and when you wake up that nine 30, it may be down 10, 10%. You know, right. you never know. But when it comes to it, um, in a multifamily property, it's not going to be down 10% that right. day. Half the, the renters months. aren't going to move out overnight, you know, Correct. So you're not going to see that downturn swing. Now, I know you have the company uh, QC Capital LLC. Yes. Now, is that, and I see it on your shirt there too. <laughs> Very nice. Always marketing. Oh yeah. Now, is that the company, the LLC that you have all these properties under? So is it, it's one entity that all these properties under, they aren't separate entities? No, uh, great question. They are separate entities. So when it comes to it, uh, for liability reasons, um, mm -hmm. for our investors and ourself, you have one entity that purchased the property. You have a second entity that purchased that entity. And then the, uh, that second entity is which QC Capital has ownership of. Okay, so it's, it's layered protection, layered liability asset protection. When you guys are purchasing properties, is there a certain cap rate or cash on cash return you're looking for? What is the certain numbers you're looking for? Are you more of a value add? You go into a property and bring it up so it doesn't necessarily matter what those numbers are at. Yeah, I love that question because I'm getting that more and more. And when it comes to cap rates, um, you know, a lot of people are coming into Carolina and saying, okay, we want an eight cap. Well, that's unrealistic. You're yeah, that's... not going to get an eight cap <laughs> or six cap. Um, right now, we're seeing in the Carolinas anywhere from four to six and a half cap. Really, it's less than that. It's like a five and a half cap. I'm not really big about cap rates, and a lot of people are. And me, um, it's about the business plan. What business plan do you have for that property to make it successful? One thing that I love about Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett says is that uh, he doesn't worry about what's going on in the market or what the news is saying. What he's worried about is how his businesses are performing. That is what's key. Um, so when it comes to it, I care about the business plan and can we operate that business plan successfully to get a large return for investors. Um, and when it comes to a value add, yes, we are focused very heavily on value add, but we are looking at some core. And the reason why is because I'm seeing more and more, a lot of operators um, are buying these value add plays. And for example, they're buying 90s product at like one, 198 a door and they're put in, they have 10 grand per unit that they're renovating. So now you're in at 208 a door, but you can go buy brand new construction at 210 to 215 a door. Right. It doesn't. I'd rather go buy the brand new construction than the 90, 90s product. Yeah. It's almost you go in the night, you know, back in the 90s or earlier, you got to buy like Correct. 50 cents in the dollar to make it work. Correct. So it really doesn't make <laughs> sense when it comes uh, into the ballpark of playing that close. Um, but right now um, we are analyzing some properties that are built around that 2014 mark where there's nice. some light value add where we can go put in a nest system or uh, tile backsplash to, you know, up the rents a little bit. 
No, of course. Okay. So you really, you're putting cap rate aside. You're really looking at more of a cash on cash return of what your investor could get. Cause at the end of the day, that's the number that really matters to you. I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the cash on cash and IRR, IRR, we're looking at anywhere from 16 to 21, 22%. Um, okay. but we're definitely looking at the annualized cash on cash return for our investors. And what is the annualized cash on cash return your investors would like to see, or you guys shoot for? Yeah, great question. Um, so it's all, it's all, uh, the deal's totally different. Um, so it all depends on the deal and how it's performing. We're actually doing a waterfall structure. Um, and how we're doing that is a 10% preferred return uh, for class A members, um, minimum of 100,000. Um, class B members is a 7% preferred return, minimum of 50,000. And the two difference is, is class A gets to participate or does not, excuse me, get to participate in the sale of the property. But class B, members get to participate in the sale of the property. Okay. So that's why the class A, they're, they're getting a higher return because of their returns all front loaded where class B. Correct. Okay. And it that gives makes that diversification sense. because yeah. you can put 50,000 in one, 50,000 in the other. That is nice. Okay. I, I like that approach because that's very unique. You don't really hear about that. It's typically, Hey, this is the minimum and how are you much Here's you a put prep, in? That's there return. You go. Yeah. Yep. It's very usually. Okay. I like that. When you do these syndications, I know you have to file with the SEC, correct? And right. then you have the 506B, the 506C. For those listeners, it's really just how accredited the investor is where you find them. Now, when you have an attorney file up the, or write up the documentation, the paperwork for these properties, how much does it cost like that typically to start a syndication on a property? You don't yeah, really hear a, about that end. No, you do not hear about it. And I, I'm writing that in my book. Um, good, it, good. it all depends <laughs> on the deal too and how complicated it is. Um, obviously, if it's more complicated, your PSA and your LOI is more complicated, then it's going to be a, a, a higher charge. But if it's very straight, simple, um, to the point, um, it's not going to be that much. But I mean, I, I'm seeing across the board anywhere from 12,000 to 35,000. So it just all depends on the deal and how complicated and the structure of the general partners are. Okay. And how long have you been doing syndications for? Because this next question might not even tailor to you because you might not be at that point. Yet. Yeah, great question. Um, I've been doing syndications for um, going on actually full-time February 1st would be a first year. So Okay. With that then, have you planned for any cash out refinances to pay off investors or give a higher return? Or have you not really put that into the future plan yet? We do look at that on future assets that we look to acquire. Uh, currently, with the assets that we have under management, uh, we that is not in those business or in those type of or each asset is not in that business plan, um, particularly okay. because we are very comfortable with a uh, a full on exit for those to reach our goals. So okay. Now a lot of you times say, you'll sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go. You're fine. A lot of times you'll see um, operators do a refinance in two to three years, and that gives the investor a higher cash on cash return. Um, or not, excuse me, a higher IRR. And a lot of right. investors are IRR driven um, because IRR is based on how quick they're going to get their money back. So you see a lot of investors. I actually had an investor uh, that I had coffee with this morning. He sent me a deal from another operator and he says, can you give me your thoughts, please? And I, and I gave him my thoughts because it was mm -hmm. a refinance in two years, actually a little less than two years refinance. Um, so the IRR was like 22%. And then, uh, it was, uh, it was in an area of Texas that floods a lot. So I said, uh. you may want to check, uh, the recent history of the flood insurance in that area for flooding. No. Yeah. That's great. He goes, I didn't even think of that. I said, yeah, because what happens if 
the whole complex gets flooded. Yeah, you can call out insurance money, but you know that's just, it's all complicated. So I said, yeah, be careful with that. No, and, and I think that's the thing with the multifamily, the apartment building uh, sector is there's so many little pieces to it that you don't really think about. That's um, right. So that that's why you do need to get everyone's take in on it, except for a few people. You know, you need to get everyone. So. Yeah. Um, your first deal, walk us through that from how you found it, how you funded it, where you get the capital from. You can go as long as you want or as short as you want on summarizing it. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I love talking about it. Uh, so first deal, I was actually, funny thing is, is um, if, if whoever knows me um, and people who know me very well knows I love adding value and I love building strong relationships, very strong okay. relationships with anyone and everyone. Um, so when it comes to it, I was touring a 91 unit. It was on market. I loved it. And I said, I looked over and I said, what's that adjacent property? And the broker says, that's a 44 unit. I said, well, let's see if they can sell. I want, a, I want 135 units. I don't just want 91. I want 135, knock down a fence, put a little road there and boom, I got me 135. Nice. Um, unfortunately, I lost out in best and final in the 91 units. Um, so a week later, I called the broker back. I said, hey, is that 44 still available? He says, yes. I said, well, I want uh, let me get in it. Let me take a look. And uh, I, I think we got it for a steal. Um, and that's how I acquired my uh, first one, totally off market. Um, from there, I partnered with a well-known sponsor because when you bring your first deal, uh, your first deal is your hardest uh, because there's of people course. that don't trust you. They don't know you. Um, You're not so known in the marketplace. Correct. Yeah, so I partnered with a well-known sponsor that was uh, able to uh, help bring equity to the table um, as well as uh, I was uh, from my previous network. And from there, we were able to close the deal. Funny thing is, is the gentleman who owned that 91 units to today, actually I had lunch with him today, um, coffee <laughs> with him today, and we are creating a conference here in Charlotte for multifamily. Um, awesome. And I always bust his chops. I told him he should have accepted my dang LOI, but you know, uh, he has over 6,500 units. So hopefully when he wants to sell one of those complexes, he comes to me. Wow. Okay. When you do these syndications, where are you getting the funding from? How are you finding these people? How are you building trust? How are these people trusting you to write a check for 50 to a hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. You know, cause you always hear these scams, these online. So All the how does that work? Yeah. Great question. So my first deal, I had an investor who's, who's known me for over four years, uh, who trusts me with everything. Um, and he invested and I actually had our roofer invest in the deal and he only met me twice and invested 50,000, um, in less than two weeks. <laughs> so, <Wow>. uh, <laughs> definitely big. You must be a very things. convincing guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honest. That's the biggest thing is be no, honest. No, that is, you're right. Um, and, um, so, with that, uh, I was able to raise um, capital on that end. And when it comes to you know bringing and raising capital, it's it's really surrounding your network and making sure that one, you're honest with them. Um, two, you got to be out there and you got to show education. I always try to add value um, with my uh, with my YouTube channel, my Instagram, the book I'm writing, the conference that I'm creating, and my coaching program that I'm creating. It's a way to add value and give back to people. Um, and through that, they they see me as a market expert and they feel comfortable with me when they invest. Um, when I post things all over social media, uh, the guy who I had coffee with today found me off of LinkedIn um, and has close to a million dollars to invest. So 
Um, okay. it's, it's the content that I pour out there to help educate people, um, and show people that I know what I'm doing and that I feel comfortable purchasing the purchasing. And, uh, if it's a value add play, um, doing the value add business plan for these particular properties. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's a great approach because when people think of investing, they think of apartment buildings, they're going to think of you because Correct. you're the one putting that content out there. And then you get the other people who say, Oh, well, you're just bragging. You're showing off. No, you're, you're being confident and correct. There's a fine line who to go to. Yeah. To get the There's job very, done, right. It's yes. going to be you. Yes, um, correct. And you're really screaming the accomplishments from the mountaintops rather than bragging saying, Oh, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. And you see a lot of that. And there's um, still a lot of stuff I don't know. And you of know, course, ex- we're always learning. Ex- experience operators should say that. Hey, I don't know this. You know, there's a lot of stuff I don't know because, like you said, every single day we are learning. No matter if you're a doctor, no matter if you work at Bank of America to Wells Fargo, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, you're always learning every single day. So the people that say, "Oh, I know it all" and stuff like that, I really don't like to hang out with those type of people. Um, I don't hang out with those type of people. I want to hang out with people who ask questions. I want to hang out with people who are trying to soak up as much knowledge and learn every single day to grow their mind, um, oh, yeah. and then to help other people. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that there. For this 44 unit that you did from time of when you walked through the property, you scoped it out the first time you actually saw it to when you actually were on closing day, how long was that process? Because I know they're going to be a lot uh, longer. Two and a half months. Yeah, oh, okay. Two, so that's actually yeah. much quicker than I thought. Well, we had to do an extension because of the seller uh, not giving us uh, uh, the paperwork in time and getting us- mm, Like uh, the financials? Lit- yeah, finan- well, no, they gave us financials, but there were some hiccups with their previous um, insurance company and um, the lender needed some certain type of paperwork. And then also that property management company was just a pain um, getting paperwork from. So that made us uh, postpone it a couple of weeks, but it's about two and a half months. Okay, that's, that's a lot quicker than I thought. I know the answer to this question, but I know a lot of listeners who are doing single family duplexes, triplexes, mm-hmm. small multi, and they're going to ask and they're going to wonder why. Why would I not want to have a hundred single family properties? I see it back there. Yeah, I know. That's what kind of triggered the question. (laughs) Okay. So why would someone say, well, why don't I do one single family or a hundred single families versus one apartment complex or a hundred unit apartment complex? So break that down for us. Yeah. Great question. Well, I know a lot of people or I know a a couple people that in 08, 2012, um, which that recession was a single family recession had over 300 single family homes. That's huge right there. What you just said, single family recession versus what asset class took it the least amount. That's why I got into the multifamily industry because multifamily was uh, the least hit in 08, 2012, and it's a necessity. We need shelter. Um, so when it comes to the single family compared to multifamily, it's even if you have, it's just so, it's so hard to manage and scale if you have a hundred single family homes, because if one tenant leaves, you, yes, you may have those 99 that are still paying for it, but it's just so much more work. It's hundred percent vacant on one property. Yeah. 100% vacant. When it comes to it, uh, any repairs that need to be done, your numbers are crazy in the state of South Carolina. If you have a secondary single family home, you're taxed at 6% con- compared to 4%, which ruins numbers. Really? Okay. Yeah. So that's a big Interesting. difference. Yeah. That's yeah, different by state. Family. I'm in New York. So yeah. Well, up there, it's like 50 grand for each house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm actually, I'm in central New York, Syracuse gotcha. versus uh, New York City. So 
we're over it's here buying better. for cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have like zero appreciation over here, but we cash flow like crazy. That's versus good. Versus in the city where they don't cash flow. They cash flow just to hold on, but they, they make the money when they appreciate. I appreciate, yeah. Exchange. So when it comes to it, like you said, when you have one roof and 50 people under it, like the um, whiteboard in the background, one roof, 50 people under, if one person leaves, you got 49 people that are paying for that mortgage still because it's still under one roof. Um, right. And it, you can just scale a lot larger. I mean, at the end of the day, what are your goals? Are your goals to create a billion dollar company? Or are your goals to just retire off 10,000 a month? It all depends on what your goals are. Um, but if you want, if you have, a, if you have high, high goals, you need to be in the multifamily space. Right. And I think, again, that's huge as well, how fast you want to scale. And yeah. multifamily is going to obviously help you scale that much faster because how long is it going to take, if you're building a, a, a billion dollar company, how long is that going to take going by single failing by single, you know what I mean? Our lifetime. A, a lifetime, <laughs> exactly. Or how long will it take to do a billion dollar company by a single family? I mean, let's just say, for example, you buy a uh, hundred unit. We'll just say for easy math and it's rents are a little bit low and you purchase that price at the purchase price. You bring up, you do nothing to the property. Just raise okay. the rents a little bit. You raise the value of the property. Yeah, correct. If you Which raise, if you crazy. have a hundred units and you raise the, uh, if you raise the rent $50, comparison to when you're ready to exit that property, I, I, I have to do the math in front of me, but you're looking at uh, over $300,000 um, added uh, cash flow to that property. Without painting a wall. Correct. You know? Without doing anything. If you took a single family and added $50 a month in rent to the single family, the, the price isn't going to move very much at all. I mean, it's, it's still based on the comps and things like that. For education standpoint, so I'm sure you've heard of you know the the Michael Blanc, the Joe Fairless, oh, you know, yeah. all those heard guys. Which ones have you used to get some education or or read on, or what would you suggest for listeners? So when I first got started, um, the person who I kept listening to when I sold residential real estate, because you're always in the car, um, I was listening to Joe Fairless. I was listening to his podcast and I never knew he coached, but I was at a meetup here in Charlotte and I heard someone's success story and I was like, okay, I, I used to coach. I'm now creating a, a coaching program for multifamily. I said, he has to have a coach. So at the very end, I walked up, thanked him for hosting the meetup. And, um, and I said, okay, I said, your success, congratulations, but you have to have a coach who got you there, who helped guide you. And he said, Joe Fairless. I said, I never knew he coached. He said, he doesn't advertise it because it, it comes with a pretty penny. Um, of course, so, and he would be flooded if he advertised with correct. his following he has. And even if he advertised, the only a certain amount will pay what it costs to get in there because it's worth um, it yeah oh 100 it's worth it um so from there i then said I, I don't care what it is i want him i want him i want him and then i was able to hop on a call and he only takes two people a month and it's an interview process i had wow. three interviews before i got in um and i was very excited so um i then hopped in there and i used to coach in uh, the residential and uh, to real estate agents so now i once i gained the success track record and the mind mindset and the knowledge of multifamily. Now I'm creating a coaching program to help individuals uh, build um, that, no that knowledge and education on multifamily investing in if they wanted to be an operator, syndicator, uh, anything in the multifamily space. Okay. Now, have you, he has three books out, I believe, for the syndication. They're like the blue and red book. I forgot the yep, name yep, of them. Yep. Uh, um, one's a capital you, raising book and then the other one's his best. There's like a part one and part two for the other ones. Yeah. yeah have yeah. you read any of those? 
don't no i have not don't, don't tell him if he's not listening don't say yeah. um i have not i need to um i need i told him i wanted to, to sign it before i read it um okay, but no i enough. do need to order for the price it. you paid that's the least he can do right yeah. correct <laughs> no he's a great guy um no i do need to order it um i think it would be extremely beneficial um but i have read tons of books um, in regards to it. And I have a handful of books on my desk. Yeah. Uh, rally some of them off just for people who don't know so where to look. Go ahead. I have this one right here. Um, investing, uh, what is it? Investing in real estate, private equity. This is a good book. Talks about private equity. Um, I actually had a fan send me this book. Um, and this is blue fishing. I, I don't know about it yet, but I had a fan send it to me. So I'm excited. One of my favorite books is mistakes millionaires make. It's one okay. of my favorite books because it talks about individuals who have a huge net worth and they lose it all and then they gain it all back. Um, and then here's one I'm reading too called The Big Shift Ahead. Um, and then another book I truly love is The Self-Made Billionaire Effect. Okay. So something I find funny about all of us real estate investors is you always hear like back before they did all this, they hated reading and then you like go to their house now and they have like a hundred books and they're like, I just, I can't stop. Well, believe, uh, to tell you throughout middle school, high school, elementary school, um, the teachers called me dyslexic and I had to go to separate <laughs> reading classes. Um, and I figured out why I did it because I wasn't interested in the topic. I didn't care about 1920s history. Exactly. Um, I didn't care about that. So I had no interest in it. So literally I, I would never read it. I didn't care to read it. And when we had reading chapters, I leveraged my way through school. I paid people who were good at it to get me through. Um, I learned how to leverage very quickly. Isn't it and funny how we, we use do. those concepts when we were younger? Yeah, we didn't even know what we were doing. doing. No, and we'd get in trouble for doing it. But in real life, that's what you do. You leverage what you're not good at to someone who's good. You're creating a job um, yep. and you are growing together. So that's how what much I did. is your time worth kind of Correct. thing. Oh yeah. No, I, I think that's great. And I think you've, you've already brought, I mean, we've been here for a little over 30 minutes. You've already brought so much value to the table, which I, I really it. appreciate, especially for how uh, young you are. Thank you. Anything else you'd like to tell us about syndication, anything else you'd lay on the table, whether that's for beginners or someone's been doing it for a while, please just take it away. Um, for the for the beginners, soak up as much knowledge as possible. As possible. Yeah. Listen to this podcast. Listen to uh, YouTube videos. Listen and, re or, and read audible books or read books. It's very important to soak up as much knowledge because knowledge is power. And even yes. if you have to do it for free, when I first got in this business, I, founded the, I found the top operator in the Carolinas and I said, I don't care where you're at. I'll drive you there um, just so I can be in the car with you to listen to you to gain the knowledge because now knowledge is power. And guess what? I'm selling my knowledge now in my coaching program because I gained it for free by me working my butt off. Now I can sell it and that can repay um, to grow the company so I can uh, provide more jobs for people. Um, for experienced operators, uh, like we said earlier, you're always learning. Keep that open mind. Keep growing because um, you're always learning and it's uh, extremely important to have an open mind uh, in any type of business. Yeah, no, that's good. I think the amount of information we even take in ourselves in the first year when we find out about investing, real estate, and ownership, it's almost an overload because it comes to the point where you have to choose which way you want to go about it. Do you want to do fix and flips? Do you want to use the Burr method? Do you want to do syndication? Do you want to buy turnkey? Do you want to go into self-storage, apartment? There's so many, it can get overwhelming. Oh, you can and do I so think much in real estate. You can, and I think sometimes people don't dial in on the one they want to go for. They spread themselves too thin and therefore they're to. weak at it. And they need to read the one thing 
Focus on the one yep. thing, meaning that if it's multifamily, stick to multifamily. Yes, you may need to do a couple fix and flips there to gain some income, but focus your mind on multifamily and the universe will bring it into you and you'll get a deal closed. Yep, that's great. That's good. When you, how do you find these deals? Do you have broker relationship? Do you go online? Broker how do you find these? Okay, so I, I go online. Um, I have a, a ton of tabs open. We actually just hired an acquisition specialist on Friday who nice. used to be a broker for Marcus and Millichap. Um, oh, but wow. I used to, I used to be a broker and it's important to build strong broker relationships with individuals or with brokers to give you off market and on market deals. But yes, I'm extremely excited for him to uh, come on. He used to be a broker at Marcus and Millichap, a uh, young guy, hungry. And I think he's going to be an extreme benefit to um, us and our investors for acquiring new assets. No, that's good. Congratulations on uh, um, building that team up. That's, that's yes, huge. Thank you. Property management. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, right now, currently we third party <laughs> property management. Um, like I said, my big thing is the one thing. I, I focus on finding great deals, raising money for them, and making sure they're performing at the peak ability that we have set for those properties. Um, so once we get to a certain level, uh, I do believe we will bring property management in-house to save money um, and to make our returns a lot higher. Um, but until okay. then, um, we are outsourcing our property management third party. Okay. And what's the percentage that you were paying or that you're seeing um, for these property management companies that are coming on board? Depends on the size of the property. Um, normally, if it's a large property, we're seeing three to 5%. Um, if it's a small property, we're seeing anywhere from five to 8%. Okay. So the, the, the larger the property, the, the, the higher you're scaling, the less the percentage because yeah, of Yeah, normally. That's what we're seeing here in the Carolinas. Okay. And when you are purchasing these properties, when you go to see them, who are you bringing when you walk through? Do you have contractors with you? Do you have inspectors with you? Do you have plumbers? Who do you bring with you? Or is it just yourself? I can't imagine it's just you. <laughs> if it is, God bless you. Yes, you, you it know? is. It wow, is okay. currently just me um, okay. because I have a good grasp on- um, with If you the have connect experience in the real estate, so. Correct. With the connections I've have, uh, I have a good grasp on what it's going to cost per door for renovations. Um, and I always round high when I do that and I have a really good grasp. Um, but now with our acquisition specialist, it will be himself um, and myself touring the properties. Um, I do have another meeting with a contractor who I like because contractors are hard to find and they good are, ones good ones. are hard. Yeah. Um, but I have a meeting with a contractor um, this week to talk to him about partnering uh, to create a company um, to do the renovations so we can save money uh, for investors. I think bringing that in-house, we can save a lot of money for investors and get them a higher return by that being in-house and not outsourcing everything. Right. Yeah. It seems like when you bring a lot of things in the house, when it comes to larger projects, you're saving a lot of money instead of outsourcing, Correct. which makes sense. Vacancy rates. Talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing. One in your market over in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Yep. And two, what are you seeing in your properties as they reflect to the market? Yeah, right now we're seeing great uh, for our properties. We're seeing 94 uh, to 95% um, occupancy. So vacancies, uh, five to 6%. Um, when it comes to our market, we're seeing anywhere from uh, 94 to 98% occupancy, depending on the area and location uh, and how and how well um, that property is being, one, managed, and two, if those rents are below market. If the rent's below market, it's going to be 99, 98%. The of course, that 44 unit. Yeah, that 44 unit we acquired, 100% occupancy. Um, because Which isn't bad to get started. You have the cash flow oh, coming in. 
oh yeah, ton of cash flow coming in. Um, and we were able to increase rents by not even doing anything to the units, which is always a bonus. Um, oh yeah. But Building yeah, value in the property. Correct. And then our scope of renovations, we were able to tone those down. Um, and we were, we've, it's been extremely pleasing. Okay. That's, that's awesome. Um, and I know Charlotte, North Carolina is not necessarily a booming area, but it's definitely an up and coming it's area. It's on fire. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm always very careful to use the word booming area when I talk about anywhere because I don't know any no, area it's on, my it's own on well. fire. Yeah. That's good. Charlotte's so you're, on you're fire. Yeah. It's very competitive. You got out of, uh, you got out of state people coming in and paying. I mean, I, I lost out a couple properties, a million over ask. Um, wow. and people are putting one to $2 million hard day, day one. Um, so yeah, wow. I mean, like okay. it's competitive, okay. uh, which I love. I enjoy it. Um, but a lot of people don't know Charlotte's the second biggest financial district in the United States be uh, behind Manhattan. Um, I that. Okay. yeah, a lot of people don't know it's huge in banking, huge in healthcare. Um, the cost of living is extremely low. A lot of people want to move here because of that. Schools are great. Uh, the weather's great and it's been booming. And for 2020 and 2021, we see a huge increase, uh, in individuals that are moving here, job growth. And we're very pleased with the apartments that, uh, are coming and, um, the ones that are being renovated. Yeah, that's awesome. I have a buddy of mine who a few months back actually just moved down there oh. um, to go to go get a job. And I've got another one looking to make his way down there as well. So Everyone's it sounds like coming. you guys have it going on. Yeah, that's good. It, it's just amazing how all these outside investors are coming in these competitive markets. So for example, the market I'm in, it, it is competitive in the standpoint that we have cheap housing. Yeah, so yeah. my I'm, I'm an agent as well. My first ever client I had was from Australia. I never met him. I never even walked in the property. He's just like, hey, the numbers look good. We'll send an inspector in. He sent an inspector in, wrote the offer, and it was good. I just find that very interesting that you hear these investors coming from all over the world into these markets. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it 100%. I think uh, markets like New York, my Florida, South Florida, uh, they're definitely coming. Um, when it comes to Charlotte, I'm sure they are coming. I'm not in the single family space, um, but uh, I know for multifamily, they want to get in. Um, and it, it's definitely tricky when it comes to an um, out of, uh, out of, uh, out of um, country or out, you know, out of United mm -hmm. States investor who wants to invest in the uh, United States. But, yeah, internationally yeah, coming on in. I it just the returns on this asset class of multifamily apartment building is just you, you don't really see it. The no. the only other spot I really see returns that are this good, and I had a guest on the show that was talking about it, uh, is self storage. It's always had like a small place in my heart, but the uh, buried entry with that is much higher. Yeah, I like self storage. Um, you know, there's a couple mixed review or you know thoughts I have in regards to self storage once the next market correction comes. Um, in my opinion, retail is at the beginning of the recession for retail. I would agree. I mean, you go to any major mall, you look at it five years ago and you look at it today, it's very different. In the next 10 years, the only malls, quote this, in the next 10 years, the only malls that will be open are luxury malls, Louis Vuitton, Chanel, you know, all okay. those Gucci, because with those type of products, you want to touch and feel those. Right. So those malls will be open. What we're seeing here in Charlotte, and I, I'm seeing this as I speak to other individuals across the United States, is that when it comes to retail, you are having owners, um, they're capitalizing on this great market with low interest rates. So they're refinancing and taking top dollar out. Oh, then yeah, they're going back to the... Out. Then they're going back to these tenants and saying, hey, I need you guys to pay 45 or 50 per square foot. And the tenants are like, we can't even afford 35. The business <laughs> is not there. 
one, because Amazon's taking it all, but yep. the business is not there. So they're ending up leaving and now they're stuck. The owner's stuck with a vacant unit. Mm -hmm. um, so you're seeing that more and more and you're just going to see that more and more uh, because, you know, hair salons, nails, nail salons, those will stay in business. But um, when it comes to the other stuff, it's, it's going to be very rare that they'll stay in business. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's a great prediction and I think it makes sense because you're not just pulling stuff out of your rear end of what you think is going to happen. You actually have, you know, some facts and some. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, there's it. businesses here in Charlotte after 30 years closes their doors. Can't afford wow. rent. Interesting. Okay. Now being in real estate, being uh, you're, you're an agent. Now you're an investor. What would you say has been the biggest obstacle to you throughout all of this? Ooh, that's good. I know that's a tough one. And I know you probably don't get asked that very often because people just want to know about the success. They don't they want to know want, about that. And that's one thing when I did, uh, I don't know if you recently saw my recent video of my buddy and I, he, uh, he owns a McLaren 720S. Yes. I did see that, that. Yes. Yeah, Love that yeah, car. It was a favorite car. Sitting, uh, right here. Yeah. <laughs> that car is fun. I'll tell you that. Um, so when we were riding in it, I, and I, I specifically said, I said, a lot of people see your success in this car, but what they don't see is the past 15 years it took you to get this car. Now you oh, probably yeah. could have bought it at seven years, but it took you a while to get this car. So, um, but what he does is he refinances his properties, make sure they still cash flow and then pay cash for it. He does the car hacking with it. Um, so when it comes to that, you know, that's phenomenal, but I would say the biggest hiccup making that transition is um, I'm a big believer of putting your back back up against the wall and do whatever it takes to get to wherever you need to be. Um, okay. And there are times during that transition for every entrepreneur where they're going to feel low and they're going to be at their low and they're going to yeah. need people surrounding them to push them through and to keep working hard. Um, and that entrepreneur needs to have a positive mindset and to push themselves to the next level because if they don't, then that's when an entrepreneur, uh, the biggest failure is them doubting themselves and quitting. And that's when they quit to go back to that job because they felt comfort there. So right. and, yeah, that, I would yeah, say that, that'd be, and the they, thing. they say like nine out of 10 businesses or entrepreneurs fail because they give up and they, they never get moving. And I think one of my very successful buddies said, um, losses, I take them as lessons, a different way to move around the L in that. And I think that's huge as well, because if we didn't make the mistakes or learn what we learned today, you know, we wouldn't be where we're at today. And I think that's huge. Yeah, 100%. I definitely agree. And, uh, you know, it's, that's another reason to hire a mentor, hire a coach to help yep. you limit those mistakes so you can gain massive success. Yeah. Now, uh, I know you are engaged right now. So yes, how, how long have you guys been together for? And has she been on board since day one? Or did you have to convince her? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, she's been on board since day one. Um, believe it or not, it took me one year to get her. I never give up. Um, it took me <laughs> one year to get on a, a, a date. And ever since that date, we've been together really every single day, I would say, except for like two weeks total because of me traveling for work and her traveling. Um, so, but other than that, we are always together. Um, but it took me one year to get her. And um, when I first, uh, first told you know, when you first tell anyone your goals are like, wow, oh. you, got, you got huge goals. <laughs> yeah, like, huge goals. Are you going to be able to achieve that? 
Um, and I, I think um, after she saw my work ethic and my drive to uh, accomplish those goals, um, she was on board. And when I say you need people to surround you when you're at those lows, because, um, you know, your loved ones at home sees you in all different type of personalities. They oh, see yeah. you when you are making huge success. And then they see you when you are just down in the dirt and then they see you mediocre. They see every part of you. And I think, uh, just having someone there to push you through those lows, uh, to make sure, you know, look, let's enjoy life. Let's keep pushing. It's your biggest um, and, partner. Yeah. I mean, and everyone needs someone like that to help them uh, push, the, uh, to help them and push them um, to that massive success level of their uh, accomplishment of their goals. So um, yeah, I would, I would say that anyone you talk to day one gives you that, you know, that weary eyes when you have yep. huge goals. <laughs> but once, um, if you have that drive and if you have that work ethic and they see that and notice that they're going to get on board. And yeah. I think that's what happens also when people follow me on social media um, is that they see the drive, they see the work ethic and they see that I'm here to help people and we all grow together. And that's what they love. That's why they follow me. And that's why, I mean, I get books and I, um, I have to take a picture of it, but I had another fan send me a QC capital baby shirt for the, our newborn. <laughs> so, I mean, you Congrats know, I on that, by the way, man. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. So that right there, it just warms my heart when I get gifts like that from fans and uh, people who I've given value to. Yeah. And another thing I was talking about in a preview episode with someone, I find it very funny in social media. You look at it a few years back and you did see, oh you know, God. the models, the influencers, you, you saw a lot of people showing off. Now people want to get educated. Correct. A lot of people are looking to learn how to, yes, they want to learn how to make money, but people want knowledge now. And I Correct. think that's huge because knowledge is power. Yeah. Knowledge is power. And it's never been as important as it is now. And we see that in the marketplace, in the social media aspect. And I just, I find that very interesting of where it's shifting towards. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. I, I definitely agree. And all <laughs> advertisement now I see on Facebook is all aver advertising Facebook groups. Join a, yep. join the, you know, dog Facebook group or join brainstorm, the talk to someone. Yeah. Join know. this and network. Um, so you see that as an advertisement with Facebook. Now I see that on billboards in Charlotte, uh, join the Facebook group. So that right there is just pushing more and more, um, when it comes to it. And uh, my underwriter just told me to join TikTok a couple of week, days oh, ago. Gosh. I'm like, I'm like, I'm TikTok's like for the, I know I'm like TikTok's for the newer crowd. He says, just do it. So, you know, now I'm on every single social media platform you can think of. Um, yeah. and that's, uh, you know, a full-time job as well, but it's this adding value and hope, you know, educating people. So what I like about you was I was listening to one of the podcasts you were on and how you were saying, you know, if anyone follows you or friends you or anything, you always reach out to them to build Everybody. a relationship. I think that is also huge. And that's what sets you aside from the competition of you're building a personal relationship with these people rather than a, uh, a friend on Facebook or a follow well, on Instagram. I think if you're friends with someone on Facebook or any, or on Instagram, any social media, why haven't you contacted them? I yep. mean, if you're going to follow them and learn all about their life, reach out to them and see how they're doing. Right. You they're know? following see, you for a reason. Correct. See their goals. See how you can add value to them. Um, there are sometimes I add so many, you know, uh, I will only add uh, individuals who have more than around 150 mutual friends um, on Facebook. And there's sometimes I add too many people. I have to slow down because I'm reaching out to every single one of them. And mm -hmm. someone asked me, they're like, so do you have a VA that reaches out to them? I said, no. 
I said, because they, they would know a VA reach out to him because I know when a VA reach out to him, my buddy texted me tonight and he said, he said, Hey, um, I know you like to work out. Do you want to go ahead and join this gym too? I said, what'd they do? Try to sell you on it. And they said, he said, yeah, I said, I, I I knew it. I smelt it from a mile away. So when you have a VA reach out to someone, they're going to smell that from a mile away. So they get me personally, I'm direct to them. I'm personally reaching out to them. Um, so I can add value because a VA can only add, I mean, it's not going to add enough value like I can to an individual's life. So of course, yeah, you, you personalize it. And some of those relations that you're making or hopefully a lot of them will end up being a minimum of a 50 or hundred thousand dollar investment on a, on a huge syndication project. Yeah, that's um, right. So I think we're going to just about wrap it up here. I think Sounds we, good. you did an awesome job, Chris. I really Thank appreciate you. you taking the time, especially with newborn that yeah. you got in, uh, <laughs> in your lap. I thank you for that. Where can people find out more about you? Where can people connect with you? And more, where can people find out about your uh, syndications? Yeah, I love it. Um, if anyone has any questions or wants to know more about uh, syndications, go ahead and check out investwithqc.com. Um, please follow me on uh, social media, which is on uh, Facebook, Chris Salerno, Instagram, Chris underscore Salerno underscore. And do not forget my YouTube channel because we pour a ton of great content out there, which is Chris Salerno. Awesome. And next time I'll have you on here, there'll be a book you're advertising for, correct? That is right. Um, I've set goals and those books, uh, that book is coming along uh, very quickly. So I'm super excited to release that. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for stopping in today and listening to the show. Please follow us. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify. Appreciate your time. Thank you guys so much. Take care. Thanks for listening. We hope you took something away from today's episode. For more information, you can find us on Instagram at Dante Belmonte. See you next time.